0: الحمد
1: لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وكونوا مع الصادقين فقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Ittafil maharima tafun a'abadan naas, or kamaa kala nabiyu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam.
0: Moshe Sayyidina Alam al-Kiram, brothers and elders. Today
1: is the first of Muharram. The Islamic date has changed since the first day of the new year of the Islamic calendar. For a Mu'min, everything is looked at from the perspective of Deen. As far as the date is concerned also, this is his date.
0: Many a times
1: people ask some question about what is the position about celebrating birthdays. So before answering the question ask the person that when is your birthday, what is your birthday? The person gives some date, 5th of January or 10th of December, whatever the date might be. And then he is told that that is not your birthday. So the person is feeling surprised, what do you mean it's not my birthday? I know my birthday better or you know it. It's not your birthday. Your birthday is actually depending on whichever month you were born in, whether it was Muharram, whether it was Safar, whether it was Rabiul Awal, whichever month of the lunar calendar, the Islamic calendar, this was a coincidental thing that because we are living in a country where we have to keep track of this date as well so we'll keep track of it because now everything else now revolves around that in terms of all the day-to-day issues so we'll keep track of it but primarily our calendar is the Islamic calendar so a person should know whether he was born in Muharram or was born in Zulhijjah when he was born so that is his birthday So now if the person doesn't know which date he was born in, in terms of his the lunar calendar, so what is the question about celebrating his birthday when he doesn't even know the date he was born. Obviously that's another whole question of whether that's something established in Deen or not. So the point is that that is a clear cut issue that celebrating birthdays etc. has got no basis in Deen but to start off with this is the date that we should be keeping track of first the date of the Islamic calendar that today is the first of Muharram and everything of our deen revolves around this lunar calendar Zulhijjah comes then it's Hajj Ramadan comes and it's the month of Ramadan, it's fasting and Muharram comes then comes the very auspicious occasion of the days of Muharram and the day of Ashura which Rasulullah sallallahu gave the great virtues of that Mubarak day which inshallah we will perhaps hear the virtues in the coming Juma, which is closer to time but here today mainly just to understand this one point before getting on to the subject itself that we should be keeping track of the Islamic calendar knowing at whichever time of the year what is the Islamic date today and this is something very important for a Mu'min because a lot of his deen, deeny aspects revolve around Islamic calendar if it is for example somebody has become widowed, so now she has to pass her iddat of 4 months and 10 days. Now that is something that's based on the lunar calendar and there are various masail in that regard. So many of the things relate to Deen and that is related to our Islamic calendar. So this is one point to nevertheless bear in mind. Another aspect to bear in mind that today is the first of Muharram. On the first of Muharram, back in history, there was a very, very major incident that took place. Now, sometimes when this is mentioned, that on the first of Muharram, a very major incident took place, so sometimes the mind goes that perhaps there's a mistake here. It wasn't the first of Muharram that a major incident took place, it was the tenth of Muharram. Meaning, the martyrdom of Sayyidina Hussein radiallahu ta'ala happened on the tenth of Muharram. So maybe this is a mistake that is being spoken about, that the first of Muharram was a very major incident. So yes, on the first of Muharram was a very, very major incident. And such a major incident, that in the narration of Bukhari Sharif, it is mentioned that after the passing away of Rasulullah sallallahu الله عليه from dunya, there wasn't something so major that happened in the lives of the sahaba ikram that obviously the passing of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mm-hmm. that was something that who can ever describe what that moment was and what must have gone through the hearts of the sahaba ikram at that time and what a great uh, situation came upon them that they now suddenly had to move on with life without Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa being in their presence but after that this was the greatest incident that took place meaning something that really shook them something that was a very very great tragedy for the ummah and that was the martyrdom of Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu ta'ala Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu ta'ala he is the personality whom Rasulullah sallallahu declared that he is a person of Jannah while he was still walking on earth among the many other sahaba who had been given this endorsement had been given this uh, certificate that this person is a Jannati, this person is destined for Jannah. can we imagine a person walking on the face of this earth alive and well and he's been given this endorsement by none other than Rasulullah So, among the Ashara and Mubashara those ten sahaba who were given the glad tidings of Jannah in one particular hadith where ten names are taken. Yes, Abu Bakrin fil Jannah. Umar fil Jannah. Uthman fil Jannah. Ali fil Jannah. Abdurrahman in the Jannah. Ten names Nabi yes, took. Second on the list was Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab. Yes, that personality who Rasulullah declared yes, about him. That لو كان باعد نبيا لكان Had there been a Nabi after me. It would have been Umar. But there's no Nabi after me. But giving the caliber of the person. That what is his caliber and what is his maqam and position and status. That he had that amount of capability apart from piety to be a person who runs the whole affairs of the ummah. On that level it requires a certain capability. So Rasulullah is endorsing that capability. But obviously there is no Nabi after Rasulullah So this was his rank and position. These are just Two aspects that are mentioned in the hadith. Otherwise, there are many, many other virtues that have been mentioned about him. So he was a very great personality. At the time after Rasulullah passed away, Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radhiyallahu he took the name of Umar ibn Khattab radhiyallahu that people should now take bayah on his hands and appoint him as the Khalifa to succeed Rasulullah sallallahu But Umar ibn Khattab radhiyallahu he said nobody can match. Abu Bakr عنه, and the virtues that he has, that the Qur'an shariq itself enumerates his virtues. ثانية ثمين إِذْ هُمَا فِي الْغَارِ إِذْ يَقُولُ لِصَاحِبِهِ لَا تَحْزَنِ إِنَّ that the only two people who were in the cave at the time of hijrah were Rasulullah wasallam, and with him was Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq رضي الله Allah taala mentions these two ثانية ثمين إِذْ هُمَا when the two of them were in the cave and when Rasulullah said, اِذْ يَقُولُ When he said to his sahib, to his sahabi, the only personality whose being a sahabi is endorsed in the Qur'an-charif He said, who can match all this? Nobody else can have these virtues. Therefore, he is the only person that is most eligible now to become the Khalifa of the time. And then in any case, after him, Umar ibn Khattab was appointed by him as the Khalifa. So this is the rank and the, and the position of the person. So coming to the point that we were discussing that it was the first of Muharram that he became a Shaheed and he reached in the mercy of Allah. But what happened? What was the incident all about? Why was this something that shook the believers so much and shook the ummah so much? So these two on the incident that there are many many details a very lengthy narration in Bukhari Sharif that runs over several pages but just the crux of it that it was the Fajr Salah and Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab was leading the Fajr Salah it was quite dark it wasn't the type of situation we have now that even in the middle of the night there's so much of light that it is as bright as the day it was dark so in the darkness one fire worshipper Abu Lu'lu Majusi he disguised himself as if he is also coming for Fajr Salah and he came and joined the first Saf and while the Salah was taking place this fire worshipper, this person who had some enmity in his heart for the believers and for Umar ibn Khattab in particular so he came out of the Saf from the row he came out while the Salah was being performed. So, Umar ibn Khattab is leading the Salah. And he comes out, and he then attacks him, he stabs him several times. And then he tries to flee, and in the process he tries to flee, he starts just wildly hitting out left and right to try and make his way to escape. In the process he attacks and hurts several, images several other Sahaba, some of whom passed away and in any case in that time he is also apprehended and captured but coming back to the incident of Abdul Rahman Ibn Khattab after he stabbed in this way he falls to the ground he cannot continue with the salah because of the extent of that wound that was inflicted upon him. Abdul Rahman Ibn Aof, who was right behind him he realizes what happened because many didn't even know what happened they only just heard his voice is no more coming. What happened? But those who were immediately behind him, they saw what happened. <inaudible> Rahman ibn Auf al steps forward and he completes the salah. So Umar ibn Khattab is then carried home. And he was still, obviously, in the last moments of time, but still alive. Somebody brought some milk and gave him to drink. And he drank that milk. But the wound in his stomach was so deep that that milk that he drank oozed out of the wound. And this became obvious that he is not going to survive. So any case he made wasiyat whatever, and it was the first of Muharram, shortly thereafter, next day it was perhaps so. What? The first of Muharram that he left this earthly abode and went into the mercy of Allah. Wa ta-ala. This was such a major tragedy for the Muslims that after the demise of Rasulullah they didn't face something so severe. Now this is just the crux of the incident. There are so many details to it which are not the details that we can go into now. But the question is and the point is that did we know that this happened on the first of Muharram? That such a great personality who was given such great Accolades by Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam himself. Lakana nabiyan, lo Umar. On one occasion, Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said to him, "When you walk from one end of the road, Shaitan flees from the other end. Shaitan cannot come anywhere close to you; he is so afraid of you." And all the various other virtues that we already spoke about—such a great personality—and this, in this very gruesome manner, he met Allah subhanahu wa taala received shahadat and in this merciless way he was attacked while performing salah in that salah he was now injured in this manner and eventually met Allah it was the first of Muharram <coughs> did we know about it if not, why not But in any case the issue is that if we didn't really know the date on which it happened then it is not very surprising though we should have known it it's not very surprising, the reason being that in deen, in Islam, we have never been taught to be mourning perpetually. So in the time of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi also, there were many, many major tragedies in terms of very great Sahaba getting martyred. Among them was, for example, the martyrdom of Sayyidina Hamza, the uncle of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi was a very great support for him and it was a very very difficult time in the initial stages when Rasulullah was being persecuted from every direction and in the early times among the people who was a, became a very great pull of support for him was his uncle Sayyidina Hamza and later after Hijra on the occasion of Uhud he was also martyred but martyred again and in a way that really hurt Rasulullah. Where he was martyred, but then not just martyred, his body was then defiled. His body was cut open. His liver was taken out to be chewed by somebody. His ears and nose were cut off. And this very terrible treatment was given to his body. When Rasulullah saw this, he was very moved and this really shook him but despite the severity of this situation at that time but subsequent to that after that time passed every year that this situation came up meaning that particular date came up Nabi Wasallam did not stop to observe the martyrdom of Sayyidina Hamza so it was something very very the person was very close to his heart and this was something really shook him it hurt him deeply that this is how his uncle's body was treated. When he was martyred, mashallah, he received shahadat and he gave his life for Allah tabarak wa ta'ala. But in this very bad way his body was treated, it hurt him. And naturally the love that he had on that separation and passing away of his Hamza that had an impact on his heart as well. But every year that this situation came up, this occasion, meaning the date came up Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa did not stop to observe this as a day of martyrdom in the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi there was the incident of Bire Mauna Bire Mauna this is a lengthy incident again Nabi sallallahu had selected 70 very special Sahaba who were known as the Qurra these were people who were very very learned among the Sahaba some people from some tribe came along and they presented their need, we want some people to come and teach us and they pretended to be Muslims but this was all just a setup and Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam sent these Sahaba with them to go and teach the tribe that these people now have come to Islam, it was a faraway place and these people were among the choice Sahaba but because this was all a setup there was no sincere intention at all en route these people were now suddenly waylaid others were now waiting in ambush and these 70 Sahaba just getting to the crux of it. All 70 of them were martyred. When Rasulullah was informed of this, again, this was something that was very, very painful. It hurt him tremendously. For one month, for one month in the Fajr Salah, after this incident took place, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam recited the Qunut and Azila in the Fajr Salah. Allahummah fi feeman This used to be recited at the time when there is some severe calamity. For one month, Nabi wasallam recited this, and in that he even cursed those tribes that were responsible for this gruesome martyrdom and this ambush and wailing, the Sahaba, and this treachery of theirs, and this betrayal. For one month, Allahumma al-'anir-ri'l wa-zikwan, wa Say wa-usay, these tribes that were all complicit in this matter, But after that time passed, for several years Rasulullah was still in dunya, there wasn't an occasion that he stopped to observe that martyrdom. Because in the calendar of Islam, today is the first of Muharram, the new day has started, the new calendar has started. If we start marking off the calendar of Islam, there perhaps is not one day that there hasn't been some martyrdom. There perhaps is not one day that there hasn't been some martyrdom. In the annals of Islamic history, martyrdom of great personalities. So, likewise, was the martyrdom of Sayyidina Hussein, which coincided on a very auspicious occasion. The auspicious occasion was the occasion of Ashura, which Rasulullah had himself, in his lifetime, already explained the greatness of this occasion. Hazrat Hussein received martyrdom and shahadat it was an added, as we call it a, a bonus that this shahadat happened for him on such an auspicious occasion. Like a person passes away on a Jumu'ah and he became shaheed as well. People say SubhanAllah shahadat and that too on a day of Jumu'ah. And if it was the month of Ramadan on top of that, say this person he really got it, he really, you know, really made it. That he got shahadat and then on a Jumu'ah and that too in the month of Ramadan. So all this added to his value. So, likewise, the value of the month of, the, the day of Ashura, that Rasulullah already had laid it out. And, inshallah, we will listen to the virtues in the coming weeks, in the coming week and the next Jumab. But this was something already mentioned from before, and Nabi A.S. used to observe this in his lifetime. The Sahaba observed it, and Nabi A.S. gave the great virtues of it, and it was continued to be observed thereafter, and approximately 50 years later, was the very gruesome martyrdom. That too would shake the heart of a mu'min. Any person who reads about it, or hears about it, and he doesn't shake his heart, then he has to check his iman. Like if he heard about the incident of Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab, and he didn't shake his heart, then something has to be checked inside. About all the various incidents that happened in the history of Islam. So, the issue is that Islam hasn't taught us to stop to mourn. Yes, a person has passed away, Deen and Islam is a religion of fitrat. It takes care of the natural needs of insan. So a person has passed away, his near and dear ones are given this leeway, that their emotions are high, it's natural. This human being has feelings, he has emotions. And Deen has taken consideration of this. That for three days, the near and dear ones have been given this permission to now, so to say, mourn him, obviously within the limits that Shariat has prescribed. So three days, Allah has given this leeway. That insan is insan after all. He has these feelings, he has these emotions. But by three days, he has now come to terms with the reality. He has, come, he has taken control of his, himself. He has taken control of his emotions. And life will move on. He cannot switch off what happened in the past. He cannot just press one button and delete everything, all the memories. That will remain, it will come from time to time. But he does not stop to mourn now. Now he moves on with life. He remembers the martyrs. He remembers those who gave their lives for Deen. That these are the people who laid their lives for Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala. And he takes a lesson from their lives. And a lesson from their shahadat. That these were people who were prepared to give the ultimate sacrifice. What more can a person sacrifice than his life? They were prepared to give the ultimate sacrifice for the sake of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala. I need to learn from their lives. Sacrifice my sleep at least at the time of Fajr. Sacrifice my occupations and engagements at the time of Zuhar Asar. Sacrifice my entertainment and my uh, relaxation and whatever else at the time of Maghrib and Isha. Meaning nothing should come in the way of my Salah. Sacrifice those Haram deals, Which have a very great element of, or rather a great profit that comes in there. It's now promising a great profit, But the elements of Haram are involved in it. Sacrifice that for the pleasure of Allah. Sacrifice all the haram that is tempting me. The haram on the phone. The haram on the internet. The haram on all various other things. The haram that is on the streets. Which is inviting me to commit zina of the eyes. The haram that is tempting my heart to get involved in all kinds of evil thoughts. The haram that is tempting, my whatever, tempting me to commit whatever sin and vice. At least I must learn from the life of the martyrs that I must learn to sacrifice for Allah wa ta'ala. That if my heart seems like it's going to break now, if I don't give in, so I'm ready to break my heart, but not ready to break the command of Allah ta'ala. That is the lesson that the martyrs give us. That is the lesson that the shuhada give us. So, deen has us to remember them. To remember them, to remember their sacrifices. To remember that how they laid their lives down for Allah ta'ala. And to take that lesson and move on. To sit and mourn, That deal hasn't taught us. Yes, three days, person has passed away, his immediate family, near dear ones, have been given that leeway. A woman lost her husband, so she has been given a special consideration of four months and ten days. She will pass the Iddat period. But apart from that, neither in the time of Rasulullah or in the Sahaba, we find anything like mourning. That somebody passed away years ago, centuries ago, and they stopped to mourn somebody. No, no, no. They took the lesson from the martyrs and they, and they applied that lesson in their everyday life daily. They remembered the martyrs in that sense daily. And that we have to remember daily also, in the sense that we are also ready to sacrifice for Allah. So these are occasions that have happened and they have left great lessons for us. Umar ibn Khattab radiyallahu He is on his deathbed, he is injured in this manner. That wound is so deep that. As mentioned that somebody brought that milk and came and he drank it and it oozed out of, out of that, he realized he's not going to survive also. But in that condition also, somebody came to now pay their respects and see him. This one youngster came and this person was dressed in a way that his garments were hanging way below his ankles. On that bed, on his deathbed, he saw this person and he said, Irfa idharak, raise your garments because this was the way of Rasulullah sallallahu This is the way that you'll stay better for your taqwa as well. Now in that condition also, he didn't forget Allah ta'ala, didn't forget advising people for the sake of Allah ta'ala, didn't forget encouraging towards righteousness. That is the lesson of the martyrs. That is a lesson that we should be taking, we should be applying to our lives, that how we can become practical on the deen of Allah ta'ala. Sacrifice whatever haram comes in the way. Don't get involved in those things that Allah Ta'ala has forbidden. And whatever becomes an obstacle in fulfilling the commands of Allah Ta'ala, the sleep at the time of Fajr, whatever other occupations and things come at the time of Zuhar Asar Maghrib Isha, to be ready to move all this aside, like the martyrs were ready to put their lives down. All we are required is to push these things aside to answer the call of the Muazzil, to respond to the call from Allah Ta'ala's side and attend the Masjid, attend the Salah with Jamaah, Perform our salah regularly on time. Likewise sacrifice whatever else comes in our way to fulfil any of the other obligations of Deen, zakat on his time. A person is obligated to perform hajj, so he's preparing for that. The month of Ramadan comes, he is not making any excuse to avoid fasting. He is doing whatever is necessary and he's shunning all haram. Then he has taken a true lesson in the lives of the martyrs. Allah wa ta'ala grant us the tawfeek of becoming completely obedient to Him and applying the, life, the, the lesson that the martyrs have given us and live our lives in a way that He becomes pleased
0: with us.